Welcome to Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. This podcast is exclusively designed for small business leaders like you. Prepare to get invaluable insights from every episode, equipped with actionable tips made for immediate implementation in your business. Tune in as we feature firsthand lessons from fellow small business owners and thought leaders. I'm your host, Jay Schwedelson. Over the last 25 years, I've grown multiple small businesses that have generated over $300 million in revenue. Along the way, I've learned pitfalls to avoid and quick wins that can transform your business immediately. I'm excited to share it all. So if you're ready to win on Main Street, let's dig into this episode. Welcome back to Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. I am so excited for this episode because we are going to get so many quick win tips out of today. I have an amazing guest. Nancy Harhut is here. Who is Nancy Harhut? She's not only the chief creative officer at HBT Marketing, but she is the best-selling author of this book called Using Behavioral Science and Marketing. And I'm telling you, you might think, oh, book, who cares, whatever. There is so much information, so many tips in this book that can radically change the outcome of your business and your marketing. I love it. So she's going to go through with us today some of these quick win tips. But first, let me just welcome Nancy to Small Business Quick Wins. Thanks for being here. Jay, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So before we jump into some of these quick tips, tell us, who is Nancy Harhood? How did she come to care about behavioral science? And is this really something small business owners can benefit from? It absolutely is something small business owners can benefit from. So I love persuasion. I think maybe it's because I grew up with an overprotective mother. So from a young age, I had to <laughs> convince people that they had to see things my way. I had to convince people to get my way. But when you think about it, your question is, can small business people use these tips? Absolutely. Because we're in a world where you're good at what you're good at, right? Maybe you're good at home services. Maybe you're good at accounting. Maybe you're good at plumbing, or maybe you're good at sales, but, but you might not be a marketing person. And the problem is you still have to market, right? It's, it's still on your to-do list because that's how people are going to find you and hire you. So what I, what I focus on is showing people some easy ways, practical, actionable ways to increase the likelihood that people will engage with and respond to their marketing materials, whether they're sending out postcards or making social posts or sending emails, again, direct mail, ads, radio spots, whatever it is, there are little things that can make a big difference. And that's what I talk about in my book, Using Behavioral Science and Marketing. There's over 25 of these proven, actionable, practical tips that are easy to apply. It's Sometimes it's a difference of choosing one word over another or one technique or one phrase over another. Small, easy to implement changes, but they can make a big difference. And the reason why is they appeal to the way the human brain works. Because we like to think that people make these well-thought-out, well-considered decisions, but really they don't. Most of the time, they're not thinking, they're cruising along on autopilot, and they're not even really engaging. They're just responding automatically, instinctively, reflexively. And so you might say, well, that sounds like a horrible situation for marketers, but actually it represents a big opportunity because if we're aware of these shortcuts that people take, we can fold them into our marketing messages and make it more likely that people engage with and respond to the material that we're putting out there. And that's what I focus on. So I love that. And I also love the fact that what you're talking about can be applied to any marketing channel. It could be a direct mail piece. It could be an email. It could be a social post. It could be your branding on your website. There is a slight change. And we're going to talk about that right now that you can make here and there 
and change the outcome. And you don't need to be this incredible marketer. You just need to know some of these tips. So let's get into the tips. Hit us with the first tip. And I'm going to be honest. When you share the tip, if I don't think it's going to do anything, I'm going to come back to say, I don't know about that one. So what do you got? What's the first tip we could think about? All right, Jay, put me on the hot seat. No problem. I'm game. So the, the first one I would suggest is something called the endowment effect. And when behavioral scientists talk about the endowment effect, what they're talking about is the fact that people place greater value on things that they already own. If there's something that we want to get, well, obviously we value it. That's why we want to get it. But once it becomes ours, we place greater value on it. It's why if I were going to sell my house and I called up a real estate agent, they would say, all right, Nancy, I'm going to run the comps. I'm going to see what houses in your neighborhood, your square footage, your condition are selling for. And based on that data, we'll know what to put your house on the market for, right? I mean, that's how it works. And I'd say, great. They'd call me back and say, Nancy, we're going to sell your house for X. And I would say, X on house. That's too low. It's, you know, it should be higher. Why? Because it's my house. I overvalue it. I think it's worth more than the market data says people will even pay for it. So how do we use that in marketing? Well, you know, you could say you're having a sale or you could send somebody an email or send somebody a direct mail piece and include a coupon. So instead of saying book with us by the end of the month and you can save $500, you send them something and say, this is your $500 voucher or coupon or certificate or whatever you want to call it. Use it by the end of the month. And the difference is subtle, but it's very different. It's subtle, but it's very meaningful. In one case, it's the vendor who's going to give me a discount. In the other case, it's I who already have in my hot little hands this thing worth $500. And if I don't use it by the end of the month, I'm losing my $500, a subtle but very meaningful distinction. So I would say instead of advertising, hey, book with us and save by a certain date, you say, here is your savings certificate, redeem it by a certain date. That is awesome. I've never thought of it that way. And it also encourages action by the recipient that they feel like they're part of the process in order to take advantage of the offer. So just by including a coupon rather than just saying you have a discount really gets them going, all right, I bought in, that tip works for me. Hit me with another one. Now we're on a roll. What else can we do? Something small like that that can make a difference. Sure. So the first one is about possession, right? I have it in my hot little hand. It's mine. I have to use it. There's another tip. It's called uh, motivating uncertainty effect. And researchers at Chinese University in Hong Kong actually figured this out. When we think about trying to get people to do something, we think about incenting them. In fact, we just talked about, we'll send them a coupon for $500. And that's great. But the other thing you can do is you can give them a chance to win an incentive. The researchers at Chinese University in Hong Kong found that people are 68% more likely to complete a task with an uncertain reward. And when I say an uncertain reward, what I mean is they're not sure they're going to get a reward, they're going to win one or not, or they're not sure what the reward is going to be. So what we can do is maybe we have something on our social post or, you know, or in our email where we tell people they can spin the dial, spin the wheel to see how much they can save or to see if they're a winner. Or maybe we send them an email and we say, scratch off, you know, this, this box to see how much you can save. And we're still incenting people, but we're juicing it by making the reward uncertain. Like, oh, what am I going to get? Am I going to get something? How much am I going to get? And it can be very, very motivating because as you were saying, it makes people kind of involved, right? It's like, oh, I'm scratching the thing on the email or I'm spinning the wheel on, on the social post. And the reward is almost finding out 
whether or not you've gotten a reward or finding out how much the reward is. The other way, like people in home services could use this is you could say, oh, this, we're doing this great work. We're running a good special. Check here, enter your zip code to see if it applies in your neighborhood or to see if we're going to be in your area in the next month. So you're like, ooh, they're running this good deal. They've got this new supply of, I don't know, shingles in or something. When Let me see if I could get in on that. Let me enter my, my zip code to see if I qualify, if they're going to be servicing my area, if, if I could take advantage of this. So there's this, uh, this element of, I don't know, maybe gamification would be a good word for it, but this, this element of not knowing actually encourages people to try to find out. So instead of just saying, here's your discount, you could say, find out how much your discount is. And that can be even more compelling. Yeah. And the moment that you can get somebody involved in the process of buying or inquiring, they take that first step. There's some level of investment that they're making with their time. That's how you get them to the second step. So this idea of gamification uh, of not just saying, here's your discount, but find out what your discount is, is such an easy way to get people involved. And we live in this universe now of gamification of everything, of everything. So I think that's an incredibly awesome test idea. You got one more in you? you got another one for the listeners? Sure. So uh, here's here's a pretty easy one, actually. There's something called iMagnet words. And those are words that have been proven to leap off the screen or leap off the page like a magnet and attract the eye. So when people read, they don't read the way we write. When we write, we write one word, followed by the next, followed by the next. But that's not how people read. When people read, they skim and they scan. And if something catches their attention, then they really focus and they read all of the words on the page or on the screen. So there are certain words that have the power to just pull the eye in. Some of them revolve around the word new. So there's new, now, introducing, announcing, finally, soon, discover. Those are all great words to use in your subject lines, in your headlines, your calls to action. They're really, really powerful words. Free is another word. We love free. I know, Jay, your own data shows that free will get you twice as many opens as complimentary in a subject line, but you, know, you can use free in so many places and people just have this emotional response to it. They hate to miss out on anything that's free. The word you is an eye magnet word. One of the mistakes that a lot of small businesses make is they know that they do good work. They know that they have quality service and they want to share that with people. So they do. And they say, we do this, or our company does this, or Acme Home Repair does this. And our eyes kind of gloss over I, we, company names. But what our eye does zero in on is the word you. So instead of saying, we do this, and you know I guarantee you this, or our company can do this, we say, if you're looking for, if you need, you'll be pleased to know, you can gain, you can benefit. But focusing on that word, you, kind of serving your message up from the perspective of your potential customer is so much better. You can still get across the same information about your great service and your great products, but you want to couch it in the idea of you from the customer's point of view and not from I, we, our company. So I think those are three very powerful words, you know, new, now, introducing, announcing, finally, soon, discover, that whole family, the F word free, and then the word you. And, and actually, I'll toss in one more if we have time, and that is the word imagine. And when we use the word imagine, it's really powerful for us in marketing for two reasons. When you ask someone to imagine something, imagine your closet organized, imagine, you know, new windows in your house, imagine never having to do your taxes again, whatever it is, two things happen. Right away, your defense is lower because we're in imagination land. It's not real. I'm just asking you to imagine. And then the other thing is when I imagine, I create my own picture, right? If you say to me, Nancy, imagine what it would be like to have a sunroom at your house. Well, 
I would fill that in and I would populate that mental picture with everything that was perfect for me. Maybe there's a cup of tea sitting there and it's Earl Grey tea because that's my favorite. And maybe there's a, a book in the sunlight and it's a John Grisham novel because that's who I like to read. You would never as the marketer know that. You would never be able to have that kind of detail. But when you say to me, Nancy, imagine what it would be like to have a sunroom attached to your house. I paint the perfect personalized picture. And that's why imagine is a very powerful word for marketers to use. They are powerful. Let's say I'm a plumber, right? I got a plumbing business and I'm listening to this. I might be like, listen, people are calling me because their drains are clogged. They're not calling me because I put the word you or imagine on my website or in some sort of marketing piece. And that is where I think small business owners and small business decision makers get it wrong. That it's the littlest thing that can change the outcome. And it's in the subconscious. It's not like anybody's going to see your, your marketing or website or whatever and be like, wow, it said the word imagine. I'm going to hire them to be my plumber. That's not what happens. But they're moving so quickly and these little things do matter. I mean, you send out an email and that subject line says, just for you, whether you realize it or not, you're more interested because you think it's just for you. So these tips that Nancy has shared, they may seem like they're not, going to have a huge impact, but they do and they add up. They add up. All these little things add up to big change. So, all right, we've had some great advice here. We've gone through some great stuff, but now I want to get some bad advice. So Nancy, this is the segment of this podcast where you get into what's the worst advice you've ever gotten to share with everybody. And you got anything? Has anybody ever given you bad advice? I can't. I'm sure I've gotten a lot of bad advice. The thing that springs to mind right away is, remember I was in college, I had to write a, a term paper, I had no idea what topic to select, and a friend of mine said, oh, hot topic right now, really easy, do geothermal heating and cooling. And I was like, what? I've never even heard that. He said, oh, no, no, there's plenty of information out there, it's going to be great for you. Okay, it turned out to be a disaster. I had no idea what I was talking about. I had to get an extension before I finished the paper. I finally finished it. The professor ended up losing it. Fortunately, she found it, so I didn't have to rewrite it. It was, to this day, it's up there among the worst advice I've ever received. And I still am friendly with the guy who recommended it, who gave me that advice, but, uh, but I still hold it against him too. The crazy thing about stuff from college is like, there are things that happen in college that scar you for life. Like if you were late for a test or you forgot to do this, forgot you... No matter how many years you go past college, it still is like in your brain and it bothers you like randomly at different times. It's so, isn't that strange how that happens? I don't know. Maybe we're all because we're so stressed out. Who knows? Yeah, well, it was um, like the but, four years, I guess, or something. I don't right. know. You know, you just right. you remember those things better. But so, all right, before we wrap up here, Nancy, how can everybody find you? First off, everyone needs to go and buy Using Behavioral Science and Marketing, this book. I promise you. It is amazing, but how do people track you down? How can they get your content? Where do they find you? Sure. So you can find me on, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter slash X. I post pretty regularly. You can also visit my company's website, HBT Marketing. It's hbtmktg.com. A lot of, you know, articles and interviews there. So a lot of good thought leadership. And then, you know, you feel free to connect with me on, on, on social or to even email me. I would love to hear from your listeners. And the book is published by Kogan Page. It's available uh, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Target. Again, lots of great tips. There's actually a whole chapter on loss aversion that is particularly interesting, I think, for home services people. I mean, for any kind of a business person, but it's the idea that people are more motivated to avoid pain than they are to achieve gain. There's actually a study that 
had to do with home insulation. They told people, if you get your home insulated, you can save 50 cents a day. Or they said, if you don't get your home insulated, you'll lose 50 cents a day. 150% increase in response when they said, if you don't get it insulated, you'll lose 50 cents a day. So there's a whole chapter on loss aversion, and that's just one of 17 really easy to use, actionable, powerful kinds of tips that people can tap into in the book. So using behavioral science and marketing, check it out. Love it. All right. We're going to put all the links to all things Nancy in the show notes. Hope you connect with her. Absolutely find her on LinkedIn. And I want to thank you, Nancy, for being on Small Business Quick Wins presented by Thrive. You are fantastic. Thank you so much, Jay. Great to be here. Well, that was fun and great news. You got way more where that came from. Subscribe. Make sure you get the latest episodes each week for more actionable tips from today's top small business leaders. And hook us up with a five-star review if you've got at least one new idea you may consider using. Lastly, if you want to ensure you never miss a message from your customers again, check out thrive.com slash win to get your free account with Command Center today.